Hey, everybody. I'm C. I'm Jen. And you're listening to Tom Tit and Baobab. Welcome back to Tom Tit and Baobab, a New York Times spelling bee inspired podcast that's all about words, word games, and the word nerds who love them. It's July, Jen, summer. Oh, I am so ready for summer, Cecilia. I am wrapping up my job, my second job. Wait, wrapping up? I thought you were done. I thought yesterday was the last day. Yeah, technically, but there's still some loose ends. Oh, my God. And then my family is coming to visit. I am planning on taking this summer off, and I'm very, very ready. Yes, I know. Summer's my favorite time. We are also going away. I get to hang out with the kids who don't see me at home. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. So we're both ready for a little break. Yes. And that means starting next week, Tom Tit and Baobab will also be on summer vacation. Or summer vacay, as I like to say. But don't worry, we will be back with Tom Tit and Baobab 2.0, as we promised. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can catch up on old episodes or listen to your favorite episodes again and again and again and again. (laughs) Jen promised to tweet a lot, too. I will. And I can't imagine that I'm going to be silent on B-related matters for long. So, yeah, there will be no break in the tweeting. All right. Speaking of B-related matters. Let's get down to business or I thought we were supposed to be on vacation. No business. It's time for <laughs> the week in bees. Just a reminder that this is the part of the show where we talk about the New York Times spelling bees from the previous week. Today, we're talking about bees starting Saturday, June 25th and ending Friday, July 1st. Jen, I know that we totally split our queens this week. I did the easy ones at the beginning of the week and you got the harder puzzles the last two days. No, because I feel like I missed one. Anyway, speaking of how we did or didn't do, do you know that they now have a stats feature on the app? What does that mean? You mean like Wordle? Like how Wordle has stats? So you can see how you did over the week. That's interesting. So is it just for the week or is it for your life? It's for the current week and then the previous week. Okay, and will that always be true? I don't know. Because if it's just for the week, that's kind of nice. If it's for your life, it starts to like not be very helpful. Yes. Don't you think? I agree. And the other thing is that I think if it's for your life and you start to have like a low streak. <laughs> You'd be done. I mean, you know me. I'm going to be like, I have a brain tumor. <laughs> My B capacity is going down. Well, it's funny. Speaking of a brain tumor <laughs> and low no. streak, I've been crazy busy. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday and Thursday, I gave it to Gus and said, can you get genius? And he said, yep. And he did in like 10 minutes before camp. Awesome. And then that is all that happened. Yes, because I was busy. But also I did look at both of them and it's different when you're actually like trying to do them. But mm-hmm. still, I looked at them and I went, I don't see any other words. <laughs> I felt <laughs> days. And I absolutely 100% never, ever, 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 ever would have gotten the word facticity. Facticity, Jen? Mm-hmm. Facticity? Facticity. And I get that it's really a word because I looked it up, but what? Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Yeah, the thing is, because I actually thought about doing it for the deep dive, but it's so confusing that I didn't think I would do justice to it because the meaning of it has changed within like the past few decades even. Okay, so what did it ever mean? use it in different ways. So the definition in Merriam-Webster is the quality or state of being a fact. 
at some point it also became associated with realism versus idealism. Right. Well, okay. So there's also that as like a philosophical thing, but I think it's a word that most people just use to try to sound smart. Okay. But do you remember sample sentences? I'm just curious. Okay. Here is the first sample sentence. It's from the New York Times, October 8th, 2020. Jason Farago is the author. Conversant with digital media, iPhone animation, in Miss Silman's case, yet committed to the facticity of paint. Yeah, that makes tons of sense to me. Okay. I feel a lot better about the entire thing right now. Because at first I was like, okay, this seems like a stupid made up word, but now I get why you would use it or what the point of it is and what kind of people would use it. Common, not necessarily, but then again, just because I don't know anything about philosophy does not mean that that's not common to other people. So I'm down with it. Well, All right, I learned read, something. Let me read you the second sentence because the second sentence- <laughs> Will change everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, the second sentence uses it, I believe uses it slightly differently. Okay, let's go. An effective story must have the unity and lyricism of a poem while giving the comforting facticity of a novel. Mm, that makes zero sense to me. Right. That one is more questionable to me as well. Yeah, but that's OK. I can still kind of get with the general idea. And like most philosophy things, I don't really understand it, but I kind of can use it conversantly <laughs> now. So perfect. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that made me feel better about it being a word is that I know the word historicity. Wow. And I figured if historicity can be a word, then facticity can be a historicity? word. Historicity? Historicity. And what is that? And historicity, historicity, if I can oh my say God. it, is- That's an insane word. Historical yes. actuality. As opposed to- As opposed to like apocryphal lore. But why isn't it just historical? Uh, let me read you a sentence. Cut to 2016 when Netflix premiered The Crown. That sense of irony and historicity vanished in the grandeur of the series production value. So it's the sense. Why of, wouldn't you say historical accuracy? You could. I th historicity and historical accuracy, I would say. It's all the right, same right. thing. <laughs> I mean, my first reaction is to go like, all right, trying to sound smart person, like you said before, but maybe I can, you know, give a second and just realize maybe yeah. it's reasonable. I don't know. Well, I'm kind of into facticity because it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, because you have this idea of facts, right? And what are real facts, especially now? <laughs> well, it's the same as what is actually historical because history isn't actually fact. Well, but facticity see, and historicity aren't necessarily the same thing, are they? No, because historicity, they're not, in my head, facticity makes a lot more sense than historicity because if you're talking about something concrete, history is never concrete. Right. Historical and facts. Right. And so are facts, maybe, but that again right. is more of a philosophical idea as opposed to historicity, which sounds like it's the exact same thing as historical accuracy. But I think it's another word that is academic. Like, I don't think these are words that people use in real life. Well, they're definitely not words anyone uses <laughs> in real life. But I still am glad to have learned something. As always, speaking of two other words I did not know, because you got yeah. Queen on Thursday, the 30th. Uh-huh. Vanillin? Is that just yeah, is vanillin just like a vanilla bean or something? Like or a like extract? Yeah, the essence of vanilla or something. Okay. And is villanelle oh, like a female definition villain? of vanillin? 
is a crystalline phenolic aldehyde, C8H8O3, that is extracted from vanilla beans. So it's an extract, but it can also be produced synthetically. And that's what you find in imitation vanilla flavoring. And is villanelle like a female villain? is no but that's good <laughs> i thought i was like how did you know that word i don't know that word how did you know vanillin how did you know either of those words first of all i knew vanillin because i baked yeah but you don't use that fake vanilla no do but you? if you're gonna go look at a bottle you want to make sure it says pure vanilla and not synthetic vanillin Ugh. but it's funny that you should say that about villanelle because you've watched killing eve right the series oh yeah what's her name with sandra oh yeah 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 but the it, woman's right, name, her name is, is villanelle no, it's not Villanelle. Are you sure? <sighs> Hold on. I'm looking it up because I really think that's her It's name. real close to that, but that's not her it's name. It's Villanelle. That's really her name? Yes. I didn't think that was her it's name. It's Villanelle. Okay. Oh, so that's funny. Villanelle has, but she is a villain. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you said female villain and I was like, oh yeah, like Villanelle. <laughs> yeah. So what is Villanelle? But a Villanelle is a kind of poetry construct. Ah, it's a specific rhyme structure. Really? Yes. And it's French. So how did you, oh, you just knew that because you know How poetry? did I know it? No. Although actually I have heard the word Villanelle in the context of creative writing classes, but I actually knew it in the puzzle because Sam has used it before. Ah, gotcha. I either missed it once or I got it and I was like, I know the word, but I don't know what it means. And so I looked it up, gotcha. but yeah, I def he's definitely used it before and he will use it again. Gotcha. So anybody who's listening, remember it. B I L L A. N-E-L-L-E. Villanelle. <laughs> um, can we talk about Fugu? Fugu. That was on Saturday, June 25th, and it was my last mm-hmm. word, and I think yours too. And mine. And it was really funny because I got it, and I texted to Jen, yeah, I am going to give you the hint. I'll tell you exactly what it is, and you're still not going to get the word. <laughs> And that she was, was like, true. Yep. <laughs> and the way we'll get the word is the way I got it, which is by putting the letter. Mashing. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Are we supposed to know that one? Poisonous fish that you need a special license to prepare. I know that's a thing like with sushi, but I thought, it, and it is like a puffer fish. Like I've yeah. heard of that. And you've heard of it called a puffer fish. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like I knew right. this whole thing and I've never heard the word fugu. Like that's so weird to me. Um, I have something about today's bee, which is oh, Friday, July 1st. Did you get the word genuine yet? I did. Okay. So did you try any of the other versions Yes, and I was going to say this too. Yeah. And I think we've actually had this conversation before. Have we? I was so surprised because I go, I was like, genuine and ingenuine, no problem. And then I put it in and there's no ingenuine. And then let me guess, you checked ungenuine after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) I don't have a problem with ungenuine being a word that's not in there because honestly, I don't think it's a word. I think Merriam-Webster should take it off. Well, I think ingenuine is a word. But right. It was so weird. And then I asked Bob, my husband, Bob, and Mm -hmm. Bob was like, oh, ingenuine. And then you just said ingenuine. Why do we all think this is a word? And why in the world would disingenuine Um, be a word? How did genuine get this insane prefix before? (laughs) (laughs) Like it wasn't enough to just be ingenuine. It had to be disingenuine. And then what's funny is that ungenuine is a word, though he doesn't count it. And who says ungenuine? That's what I'm saying. But apparently ungenuine means what I would consider disingenuous to mean, mm-hmm. but you never say disingenuine. You say disingenuous, right? which would why I think you're ingenuine. I'm just, right. I'm super confused about like how any of that happened. Isn't it weird? It's, 
totally weird. Okay. I don't know how it happened either, but I had the same experience as you. Excellent. Well, then we're right. We're right. <laughs> if we if we agree, then we're right. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other words you want to talk about this week? Yeah, I think I want to talk about Twain. Oh, talk about Twain for a second. Weird, right? Why did I get that word? Because I thought, why not try Twain? And <laughs> why is that archaic word in the puzzle? Hmm. Well, no, well, archaic. It's listed as archaic. Me, it is archaic. Say, the reason that I knew it is because I know east is east and west is west. And never, and never the, twain. the twain shall meet. Yeah, but it's not a real word. <laughs> Let's just say a word that I like is citify. Citify? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I like that citify is a word, you know? Oh, my God. And you know what I don't like is the extra U in ungent. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a little confusing today. Actually, I kept trying ungent, ungent, ungent. And then I finally was like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> I had the same that's problem. Funny. So do you know, I found out today when I was researching the deep dive, and this has nothing to do with the deep dive word, that the original meaning of genius was a spirit that guided you. It wasn't that you are a genius. Wait, I don't understand. We say you are a genius, like you are intellectually superior. Right? Initially, the word genius meant you have a genius. Not that you are a genius, but you have a genius. A wise spirit who guides you. Huh. I can be your genius if you want. Oh, thank you. Thank you, wise spirit, for guiding me. It sounds like you're starting a cult. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I am the cult of genius. Awesome. All right, miss. Are we done right. this week? I think we're done this week. It's time for the word of the week. This is the part of the show where we take a closer look at one of the words from the previous week's puzzles. I got to pick the word the last two weeks. So this week, Jen was having none of it. <laughs> what do you have for us, Jen? <laughs> the word that I have for us is, and I'm going to spell it, B-A-N-A. L. Banal? Is that how you always say it? Of course. How else would you say that? Apparently there's a big controversy over how to say it because what? there are three different ways to say banal. No. Yes. There's one. <laughs> and in fact, Miriam Webster has a whole little thing on how you shouldn't laugh at people who pronounce it one of these other ways because they're all valid. I don't believe <laughs> it. Crap. Yes. I'm going to tell you. It's banal, banal, and banal. Banal. I'm just telling you. And Miriam Webster says all three pronunciations are acceptable in educated speech. No. Nope. There is no reason <laughs> to condemn any of them as incorrect. Don't laugh and at I people. I think the fact that they use no reason to condemn suggests that there were a lot of Blah. very vehement responses <laughs> to this word. I condemn you. So number one, I thought it was interesting that there are actually three Condemmers. ways to pronounce this word. Yes. I also chose it because we had such fun with jejun. Right. And banal is very closely related to jejun. In fact, Merriam-Webster has five words that they put in the general right. same category of meaning devoid of qualities that make for spirit and character. And those words are insipid, vapid, flat, jejun, banal, and inane. And they all obviously have nuanced differences between them, but they all have that general big definition. So hmm. I thought now, instead of just calling people jejune, Cecilia, you could also say banal. Oh, excellent. Well, so I now already you've said got basic banal. jejune and banal. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> nice. Now, some other things about banal that are interesting. All right. Banal is a one percenter. Huh? Banal is in the top 
1% of words looked up. Oh, really? Interesting. In popularity. Huh. At least according to Merriam-Webster. Wait, looked up or used? Is that what they call that? Looked up. That's a look up thing? Okay. Yep. Merriam-Webster also has a thing that is, what made you look this up? Yeah. Have you ever read those? I have not. I had not either. But then I thought maybe it would be fun to look up why people are looking up these words. Yes. And I thought I would share a few of them with you. All right, let's do it. All right. Here's one from April 11th, 2011. And he says, or she says, or they say, it's in the script for Neil Simon's rumors. And the actress keeps pronouncing it as if it rhymes with anal. And that drives me bonkers. I like that. <laughs> so I thought that was funny because yeah. banal. That would drive me crazy. But we're too, not allowed right? to make fun of them. That's what yeah. you just said. This person said on January 28th, 2022, in a sitcom used by a restaurant critic to describe a dish, was curious whether the unfamiliar pronunciation was accepted. Ah, so the that's pronunciation why. guide settled the question. So yeah, obviously a lot of people so are writing people in about that. people actually know it. They just think that this pronunciation <laughs> right. is They look it up for pronunciation. Yeah. yeah. So I liked that. I hadn't ever read those things before. So I thought that was no, fun. Oh, that's good. As far as the etymology is concerned, yes. I'm not sure whether I can actually explain it, but the root of it is from ban. Okay. And ban basically is related to government proclamations. The word banal was borrowed from the French and it meant pertaining to a feudal lord's right to extract usage fees for mills, ovens, etc. within his jurisdiction. And from there, it became available for general use, ordinary, commonplace, trite. So the thing that I am confused about is how it got from proclamation to communal. I kind of get it because of the communal usage, but I still think it's kind of confusing. Do you understand? No, but I didn't look up this word, Jennifer. <laughs> now you have me looking it up. I looked at multiple sources and I still don't actually understand how we Wait, got. Okay, so when I look company. it up in Etymology Online, I see, quote, trite commonplace, 1840 from French banal, belonging to a manner common hackneyed commonplace from the old French banal communal. From ban, decree, legal control. The part that you're talking about is the oldest part. But yes, like, and I don't understand how it got from there to commonplace. So here's what I think, the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> so the sense evolved from the words use in designating things like ovens or mills that were used in common by serfs, or else in reference to compulsory feudal military service. In either case, it was generalized in French through open to everyone, to commonplace, ordinary, to trite, When petty. I presented it, I said that for mills, ovens, et cetera, within his jurisdiction, available for general use, so that the feudal lord would extract usage fees for these things that were open for common use. So you can use it, but you have to pay for it. So what don't you understand? They just explained exactly how it went know, from it thing just, to it thing to thing. It feels very confusing. Etymology online. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. I think you should just admit that I'm better at word of the <laughs> Can I tell you, though, on Google, one of the questions that comes up about people also ask is, is banal a bad word? Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. I think they said no. 
well, or as bad a word as any word can be. Can any word be bad? I actually thought can about that. Can any word our, be bad? I thought about that for our conversation, but that's not the conversation we're having. As a matter of fact, oh, we're well, going then let's to have move a conversation. Because awesome. I think we've talked about this plenty, but before we do that, we're going to play a game. Oh, all right. You have to do something else, don't you? Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> all right, Jen, what's your game? Okay. So the other day on Twitter, we were tagged by Graham Smith and Graham Smith at Puzzle Smith creates puzzles. Cool. And he has two particular puzzle forms that he puts out. One, he puts out every day of the week and he calls it the Ladderette. 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 It's a little bit like Wordle, except it's different. <laughs> <laughs> do you like it better than Wordle since you hate I Wordle? I think I do actually. So the way this works is that you have a five letter word ladder and you're probably going to need something to write with. Go ahead. So Five-letter word ladder, three steps. So if you draw two lines and then make one, two, three, four lines across So like it. a ladder. Yeah. And four lines across. Yep. One, two, three, four. Okay. Now on your top line, you're going to write semis, S-E-M-I-S. Okay. And on your bottom line, you're going to write jibed, J-I-B-E-D. Now on each rung of the ladder, change two letters so that you get from semis to jibe. Ah, interesting. So the example that he gives, or the one before this one, was find, freed, greet, and growth. So it's two letters that change every time. And they all have to be actual words, they I take it? They are commonplace okay. words. Although I would argue that groat is not really a commonplace word. Right. But. So semis is the first word, and I have to switch right. to. Oh, but I don't have to switch them right to those words. What do you mean? In my head, I had to, like, I had to switch it right now to the words it is, but I don't. No, you could switch it to anything. And it right. might even be that you're not switching it to letters That's that are in That's what I'm saying. Jive. That's you're what I just realized. There. Like, I'm going to try remit yeah, like, as my word and then see where that takes me. Remit doesn't have any of the letters and you only have two chances. What do you, I know, but I'm going to put, I'm just. There's zero look, way that could way. work. I'm doing it my way. <laughs> it's the first word that I thought of. That had E-M-I in the middle. So now I'm going to work on it. What? That couldn't possibly be right. That's what I'm confused about. It's not right. And it's not working. Well, of course it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have, Miss Smarty Pants? Well, I don't have anything either. Let's see. There's something with it. Could we end with an ID and change that M? What do you think? End with an ID like, and change. Is there the a word? End? Is there a letter? Seepid? Seepid? That's oh, that was what I was gonna is say. Is that a word? That's a word though. No. What about changing J-E-M-E-S isn't a word, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> and S-E-M-E-D isn't a word? S-E-M-E-D. I don't think so. See, it's isn't it harder than it sounds like it should be? So what I don't understand is all five letters have to switch. So if you have two right. on the second and two on the third, you can't get there. Am I crazy? <laughs> I'm I'm not nuts. Are you sure there's not hey, let's four look at the in the middle again. of these two? Because I'm you sure. see what I'm saying, I'm sure right? I'm looking at like, it. He went find to freed to greet to groat. But do you understand what I'm saying? That it's physically impossible. It's, five letters have to change and there's only two, because wait, listen, five letters have to change. Yeah, but you're changing two each time. And then you get two from whatever the last one is to jive. Oh, the last one we get right? to. Okay. It's just hard. I got it then. 
So it's jibes, the one before that. It's dimes, the one before that. And then it's semis. No, but that's Does that works. No. I like the idea of working backwards. Oh, but you know what? See, this is why when you changed it to jibes, you didn't change two. You only changed one. Yeah, but at some point you no, only no, no, change you one. Change two I change every two, time. two and one. You have to change you two have every to change time. Two? Okay, you again, have math. to change. Let me that give you the example sense. again. It works. Find, freed, greet, and groat. It does work. All right. So you have to change two each yes, time. That is saying. what I am saying. So like jibed could be jaded, which could be is saves a word? Mm, no, no, that can't be. Sames. No. That's not a word. Sales is too many. So if it's fades, no, that's too many. I need another letter. I'm trying to get from jibed to mimed to something to send me. <laughs> How come you're allowed to talk out loud and I'm not? Because you're not. I want, just want all of our listeners to know that Cecilia gets very grouchy when she can't solve a puzzle. Oh my God, apparently. I'm super grouchy. I really... <laughs> oh wait. Oh, because it can't be... Er, memes. Memes. I got it. Memes and semis there all right what'd you get okay so it's semis memes jaded jived is that right no why not because in the third one you changed three letters wait okay so semis to memes uh -huh. we're in that right you changed the e and the m oh i did change and then you went to jaded oh that's right semis to memes i'm still liking that but i can't how can how can i get from memes to jibed. Yep. Can't do it, Jen. It's too long right now and I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Good All right, well, game. I just want everyone I to know like that about idea. 10 minutes passed and we couldn't get it. So Graham Smith, you've stumped us for the moment, but we're gonna get it. Yeah, it's a good one. I like Check it. Check it out at PuzzleSmith on Twitter for a challenge on an easy B day. All right, good. No, bad game. Very bad game. <laughs> bad game, Jen. Bad game. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Jen giving an update from the future. Shortly after we finished recording this podcast, Cecilia and I both arrived at the answer to this puzzle independently of one another. Turns out the pressure of recording was too much for both of us. The answer wasn't that hard, and we were both on the right track. So for those of you who are playing along at home and want to know the answer, semis, memes, mimed, jibed. So the first change is an S to an M and an I to an E. The second change is E to I and S to D. The third change, M to J and M to B. Semis to jived. Thanks again to Graham and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Jen, it's almost July 4th, Independence Day, so I think it makes sense to talk about the Star-Spangled Banner. As in our national anthem? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> this was inspired by a book review I read today in the Washington Post. The book, which I have not read, is called Oh, Say Can You Hear? A Cultural Biography of the Star-Spangled Banner by Mark Clegg. Mark Clegg is a professor of musicology at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And this is a quote from the Post. Board president of the nonprofit Star-Spangled Music Foundation, which seeks to separate fact from fiction for musical educators when it comes to national and patriotic songs. Whoa. Yeah. That's quite an institution. <laughs> 
Isn't that interesting? People do such crazy things, don't they? They do. And I very much appreciate it as a media literacy organization. It seems, yeah, it's like very specific. Yeah. I, so that's one of the reasons I thought mm-hmm. this review was interesting, right? <laughs> and also this is a podcast about words and the Star Spangled Banner yes, is a song is. where I feel like all of us with words, well, it's a song I feel like words. all of us know the tune and most of us only vaguely know the words. <laughs> that is true. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't know about Francis Scott Key's problematic history around slavery or the elusive mm-hmm. third stanza of the anthem, which has the word slave in it. Really? You didn't know nope, about that? No, maybe he's not actually talking mm-hmm. about slaves. That's actually a big thing. You can read the book if you want Clegg's take on that. But let me start with my favorite fact about the song. And I know I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again. Please do. So Fort McHenry, which is where Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner, mm-hmm. is in Baltimore. And this is close to where I live. And it's a place where we've gone many times because- I think you've taken me there maybe, before. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the Boy Scouts go there all the time. There's lots of military-related things there. And about a year ago, my husband and I were walking around the area and we started talking to one of the national park guys working there. The flag that flies at Fort McHenry has 15 stars. Do you know why? I do not know why. Ah, so it's interesting. I didn't even, this is the kind of thing my husband notices. And I, like, I would have assumed, oh, that flag probably has 13 stars, right? Mm-hmm. No, it had 15 stars because at the time of the War of 1812, when Francis Scott Key is writing the Star Spangled Banner, mm-hmm. Vermont, and I'm going to say Kentucky had just been admitted to the Union. And it's the only flag with 15 stars. And you ready for this one? I'm ready. 15 stripes. Ooh. Hey, isn't that yeah, weird? Why? why did it have 15 stripes? Well, I think at that point they were kind of like, okay, we'll just add stars and stripes. Because remember, the other one had 13 Oh, stars, and then we got up to 50 stripes. and they were like, that's too many. No, stri-. no. They never had any more after 15. This is the only flag with 15 stars. Interesting. And it's the only flag with 15 stars. So then the guy tells us this fact that I couldn't believe I didn't know for my entire life, (laughs) which is that (laughs) this original flag has stars that are spangled. Mm. And spangled means that they are sprinkled on. That's what spangled means. Instead of in the rows, and that's the flag we're used to seeing, right? A nice row of stars. And Bob and I, my husband and I both look at each other and go like, we never wondered what spangled meant in the star spangled banner. I don't think anybody does. I don't think I ever thought about it. And Bob is in the military. You'd think that they would teach them these things. Well, you think they would have taught us in first grade when they were also teaching us the Star Spangled Banner, right? So anyway, super interesting. So reading this book review and approaching the July 4th holiday, and I think it's so interesting and upsetting and complicated to think about the origins of our country. Mm-hmm. the words and meanings behind many of our cherished traditions like the anthem. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're living in a time where people seem to be embracing originalism, mm-hmm. which I take as going back to the words of the founders of our country and doing exactly what we think they would have wanted. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. Exactly in the sense of like, literally. We're not lawyers. Well, that is what the originalists are saying, but I think that that is different than saying doing exactly what we think they would have wanted. What originalists are saying well, that's is how that I take the words themselves now, should be taken literally. That's what not I'm just saying. Because we think that that's what they wanted, but because that is what they wanted. Well, so we are not lawyers. Let's say that right up front. And neither of us have studied this like in any detail. I'm just telling you what my understanding of originalism is. But my understanding of originalism is that you take the words literally, but you also think what would the founders have wanted? So Mm -hmm. when it comes to things like the internet, 
you'd go, well, of course mm-hmm. they have nothing to say about the internet. Right. That did not exist. The idea didn't even exist. No, no, no. I think originalists say, <laughs> well, but if they no. known that there was going to be an internet, what do they think about? I oh, think that I they think say, so, Jen. I'm almost positive. I think so. that they say the internet is not allowed to exist because it was not mentioned in the constitution. Well, you know that you are wrong about that. So <laughs> you know that that is not what they say. And I know, but I think that if they were not the hypocrites, fact, that's what they would say. No, it minimizes the fact that these people are in charge and it's just crazy. So if you read the review of this book, right, there seems to be this tension between people who have a problem Mm -hmm. with the anthem because they have a problem with Francis Mm -hmm. Scott Key, people who say like, well, look, this is our tradition and we need Mm -hmm. to keep our traditions. And the idea of this writer, I think, from reading Mm -hmm. the review is that our traditions are very complicated and we should keep the complication because that is what our society is like. And we don't want to deny the fact that we're a big mess and we Mm -hmm. should talk about that. And Mm -hmm. you can go lots of different directions with that. But it is interesting to me because I am not a person who like even understands the, I I mean, I get some nostalgia and I get wanting to keep certain traditions, but like in general, like I do not even like this idea. That's what I was going to ask you actually. Yeah. I don't even understand this idea of like, well, we've always done it this way. So obviously you want to keep doing it this way. It's like, what don't you want to progress? Right. Like, wouldn't it like be- if you realize something's wrong, don't you want to change the way you're doing it? It's just super right? interesting. But let me ask you about this. Do you feel any attachment whatsoever to the national anthem? Well, okay, here's what I'll say. No, but I also have no problem with the national anthem as a thing to have an anthem. I get Do you why- think it makes sense that people sing it? at sports events. Oh, okay. So this is a totally different issue, but it's in the book. So if you didn't, if you didn't yeah. read that review, they did say I did they read talk the review. That's why and, I asked you. And I you actually thought. know about the history of patriotism and sports, which you probably have read about too. It's been a big thing, you know, recently, especially mm-hmm. with Colin Kaepernick. And I do understand in general, the I understand that patriotism could be a good force and that being excited about your country can be a good thing. And obviously it can also be a bad thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. I like the idea of an anthem. I mean, I like songs. We have a theme song. It's great. Let's have songs. (laughs) I have no problem. I expect actually that all of our founders and all of our people and me, let's say like, even though I was not around in the 1700s, but I assume that all of us should have progressed so that the <laughs> the people were bad before in lots of ways and that we would expect that because we'd expect that we would have learned things over time and realized right. that like so I have I can understand both sides of things like should you get rid of monuments right but like mm-hmm. I do think yeah of course most of these old white men were bad like duh you know <laughs> and that's not like we shouldn't expect all that much more from them I also think all people should have done things that aren't great and then eventually should do better things because you should learn from the stupid crap you do and like evolve right. as a that person was, that was my point earlier <sighs> I think it's interesting because you actually made me think about this and I was thinking like do I have any nostalgia or any sort of, does the Star Spangled Banner stir up anything? Do I feel any connection to that song? And A, I don't. B, I don't like the song very much. But then I was thinking it's interesting because the other day I was having a conversation with my niece, Sydney, who's in high school about high school anthems and songs. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, our high school had a really great anthem. Yeah. 
Dear hi, dear sunshine, thy memory never dies. Anyway, but I couldn't remember what it was. And then I found it online as soon as it started. As soon as like they said the first word, I was like, oh yeah, I know all of this. And I like sang along to the whole thing. And I did feel a sense of nostalgia for that. So what, am and, I just a bad American and a good central? Well, I have to say that I, <laughs> at baseball games, when everyone got very excited yeah. after 9-11, when they said the home of the brave, mm-hmm. like I was with it too. You know, there is something about our country when our country doesn't suck. <laughs> and this idea of like, hey, we are coming together, being the home I of didn't the say brave. That I, like, I didn't say that I didn't have any attachment to our country. I said, I don't have any attachment to the Star Spangled Banner as a song. But I'm saying- that song did that also i like the star spangled banner song because of the south park where the guy sings the star spangled banner and he has to hit the high note he kills everybody have you but ever you seen that south, south park? park oh my god it's the best you should watch that episode so i have lots of good thoughts about the star spangled banner i also kind of like that it's such a ridiculous and song it's so hard and that like whenever people sing it at sporting events yeah they always sound horrible unless they sound great and then you're like wow you are amazing <laughs> so i kind of i appreciate everything about the Star Spangled. I like that no mm-hmm. one knows the words. Like the other day, we were at the baseball game, and both Bob and I are like ramparts, right, and like, we're like, "What, what are, are the ramparts? ramparts? Where does the ramparts come in?" You know, like mm-hmm. it was just so funny trying to like get this. So like, you it's... like the national anthem because it's funny. Is that when this is all coming down? To? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that I kind of like the traditionalism, but I also mm-hmm. like the Jimi Hendrix version. And this book apparently talks about that too, about how many people have mm-hmm. tried to change the militarism in it and have tried to change, yeah. you know, various parts of it as protest or to progress it. And, you know, that's all part of our country, right? Trying to change. I change thought that things. the review was it. That, that part of the review was especially interesting. I assume that part of the book was especially interesting where they were talking about the backlash of trying to keep the tradition, but change it. That's such like a nuanced thing, right? We're talking about, you know, get rid of the tradition or keep the tradition, but there's this whole other in between of can't we keep the tradition and adjust the tradition? Why can't it be a flexible and changing Especially when we don't even know what the freaking words are. So (laughs) you might as well change them. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, once everybody finds out what spangled means, they're going to realize that we're singing about well, a totally that's what different I'm saying. flag because our our flag know, isn't spangled so funny, anymore, isn't it? So how about that? Well, isn't it interesting how many times our country and flag changed over this period? Yes. You know, it's just and yet so... the song stayed the same, referring to a very specific flag. I love the fact that I now know that we're singing about a flag that is not our flag. <laughs> <laughs> like that is so ironic to me <laughs> <laughs> it is our flag it's just a different version of our but flag it's, by it the way it doesn't make sense with the title anymore well yeah i guess not <laughs> Well, the song also is like during a very specific war yeah. that is bizarre. Like you're like, we wrote this during the, and it didn't become the the anthem, I guess, until the thirties, which mm-hmm. I also didn't know. I didn't know like, that either. Just... And I'm kind of curious to learn more about why that happened in the 1930s. Look, we might've just done a big ad for this book that I don't even think I'll ever read, but it's still pretty interesting. I probably won't either, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I bet that Mark Clegg has written articles probably. about some of these things, and then we could probably find what one or two of the articles and read Absolutely. those and get the yeah. gist of it. 
Yeah, well, the review really liked the book. So if this is the kind of thing you're into, I'd say. Oh, do you want to know something else about Spangled? Yes. <laughs> so Spangled usually refers to shiny. Spangles. Like, yeah, Spangles, sequins, glittery things. But I think of Spangles as being sequins. Yeah. <laughs> Whether so they are maybe our flag should be sequenced now. Well, there's definitely I think sequined I would flags. Look. I'm down with that. Have you seen a sequenced flag? Yes. Have you never seen a sequin no, flag? No, where have you seen a sequin flag? That is like How a much does very, a sequin flag cost? Because I'm getting you one for that Christmas. That is a, <laughs> a very common <laughs> embellishment on various Oh my gosh. I just typed in sequin flag. And you saw a ton of them, didn't you? And looked at images. No. And I saw a man <laughs> monokini that is the flag and it's horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you're right. There are sequined flags all over the place, but yeah. most of them are in the form of clothing. Didn't I just say to you, I feel like that's a thing. You know? Yeah. And you know what I think is weird? I think it's weird that people don't want to do anything to the flag that changes the flag in a way that it wasn't supposed to be. And yet those same wear it on your people butt. are going to wear a monokini with <laughs> <Yeah>. the flag. <laughs> I bet the person wearing the monokini has no problem with you messing with the flag. Extremely disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Don't mess with the monokini wear. <laughs> Jen, I think that does it. That was a good one for 4th of July. I hope yeah. I didn't come off sounding very unpatriotic. Well, I believe did. that our country could be totally great if we didn't listen to any originalists. That is my position. Well, I believe in moving to Canada, so take it as you want. <laughs> Canada has a good anthem. Oh, that's right. Oh, Canada. Uh, that's it for this episode of Tom Tit and Balbeth. Thanks for being here. Jen, have a good summer. I'll miss you. Oh my gosh, you're such a weirdo. I'm sure we'll be texting every day and... I'll see you at the beach in a month. Oh, thank goodness. <sighs> oh, I know. But we will miss you, listeners. And again, don't worry. We will be back this fall better than ever. In the meantime, stay in touch. Tweet us at TomTitBalbab or email us at TomTitAndBalbab at gmail.com. Tell us what bees you like, bees you hate, words you missed, and words you'd like to know about. Remember to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave a review and tell your friends to listen. We'll be back next fall. Bye. Bye.